You are listening to the Ridgewood Church Podcast on a sermon series that will take us through the Gospel of John, entitled, Learning Jesus. Thank you for forsaking the cabin for church today. We had a, a lot of people here in the first service who had skid marks behind their cars heading to the cabin after church was over. Well, there was a time that I had to finally admitted to myself, I don't like to do this as a man, that I was driving and I was lost. Now, as men, that's not something we easily utter, but it was true. And I knew that I had to do something, and to make matters worse, I was driving a van load of professional soccer players who can be a bit roguish. I was the lowly radio broadcaster I don't know why I volunteered for that duty, because one hint of weakness, you would never hear the end of it with those guys. And here we were looking for LaGuardia Airport in New York, and we were dead lost. So as we drove around, I thought to myself, what every man doesn't want to do, I'm going to do. I'm going to stop and ask for directions. That's, I think, laudable, don't you, as a man? We're going to ask directions. But the problem was, the neighborhood we were in, we kind of wandered away, and I think we were somewhere in the Bronx, and it just wasn't the best neighborhood, but got to ask directions. So we pulled alongside some people, and quickly I learned that drug dealers and prostitutes and gang members probably have never been to LaGuardia Airport. And they told us so in some pretty colorful language. But by that point, I just wanted to get to the airport And I wanted to get home. That was the most important thing, finding my way home. Now, my story is just one of foolishness and inconvenience. And yes, I did hear about it for the rest of my time broadcasting for that team. But today, that way home is about life and death. And we're going to learn from Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, that there is just one way home. There is just one way to life transformation. There is just one road to eternal life, and that is Jesus Christ. And so as we look at Jesus today, I want you to to leave here understanding that in Jesus there is safety, in Jesus there is freedom and joy and peace, and yes, there is life. Even when it's foggy in your life, even when it's dark and rainy and the storm's brewing, there is a road that leads home. Jesus is the way home. So take your Bible, if you would, and we're going to look at this amazing I-N statement of Jesus in John 14, 6. It's a very familiar verse to many of you. If you want to take a Bible, we're going to look more deeply. You can grab your Bible on the rack in front of you on page 901, or you can download the Ridgewood app and open that, and you just go to media and study, and you'll find today's date. You can follow along, John 14, 6. Now, the I am statements of Jesus, again, are meant to solidify our faith. They're meant to help us believe that Jesus is who he said he is, the Son of God. And John's goal is that we believe. And this statement cuts through any 
idea of religious tolerance. It cuts through any thought of man-made religion. It is about Jesus, and it is about Jesus only. And the roadmap home is Jesus Christ. So look what he says here in John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. One roadway, one way to find life. Now, we're learning about Jesus in the Gospel of John. We call it learning Jesus because we want to emulate Jesus. We want to find out more about who Jesus is so we can fall more deeply in love with him. And we've been working on the I am statements of Christ. We've talked about Jesus as the bread of life. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. Today, the way and the truth and the life. And then next week, I am the true vine. John is recording all of this because John is specifically interested in belief. He wants us to believe that Jesus is the Son of God so we can find life and we can believe. And he makes this very clear in his own book in John 20, 31. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's what John is all about. And he he records this I am statement because it was so important, not only for us as we look at eternity and we try to figure out what religion is all about, what is the true way to find life, but it was important to the disciples at the moment because the disciples were afraid. They were confused. They were bewildered. Because Jesus had been saying some things to them that rattled them. He had been now telling them about his future. And they were worried. Jesus said he was leaving them in John 7, 34. He said, I'm leaving and you will seek me, but you won't find me because you can't come where I'm going. Now that's your rabbi that you've been following around for three years. He informed them that he would die in John 12, 32. And when I am lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. And they had to be wondering, what is going to happen? He's our our center. He's our teacher. He's He's the Lord. He told them that a betrayer is in their midst in John 13. And also in John 13, he forecast Peter's denials. So they were rattled. Especially when he said, Satan is at work within you, and he's going to start with Peter. And Peter's kind of their all-star. Peter is their spokesman. Peter is the tough guy. And so we see this in Luke 22. Simon, Simon, that's Peter, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers." Jesus is saying, hey, Satan's going to come after Peter. And I'm not stopping him until the time is right. And then you throw in this idea that he had already told them that they're going to all fall away, and the disciples are rattled. So what does Jesus do? He comes along, and he offers them comfort and peace. 
And he does that. If you look now up at John 14, and you start now in verse 1, we can see Jesus assuring them that not only do they have a future in him, but that accommodations were being made for their future. Let not your hearts be troubled. Man, you could just pin that verse up on on your wall and really get a long way in this world, couldn't you? Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And here comes the setup now for the I am statement. And you know the way to where I am going. But the question that Thomas asked prompted the statement. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And you can almost see them sitting in a circle or standing around a tree or something. And Jesus just looks at Thomas and says, Thomas. I am the way, and the truth, and the life. And I bet there was just dead silence. Because Jesus brought truth, and he brought comfort. Thomas, I'm the way. You don't have to to worry. And like many of us, these men were prone to doubt. I'm prone to doubt. There are so many times that I just wonder, what are you doing, God? Why are you doing this? What is your plan? And I tend to wander off the road and try to find better roads and more comfortable roads and faster roads. But those roads aren't the right road. And so these men were prone to doubt. Jesus is comforting them. And then he gave them clarity. And here's the point I want to make about clarity. Clarity regarding the identity of Jesus shows us the way home. We have to be crystal clear about who Jesus is in order to find the the way home. Theologically speaking, this is called Christology. Our Christology has to be correct in order for us to find the way to heaven, to find life. There are many people right now, this morning, sitting in churches all over America that are getting terrible Christology, taught them, And this particular teaching of Jesus, that he is the only way home, that he is the resurrection and the life, that he is the way, is not being taught, or it's being taught in a way that opens the door for other roads. So this is really important. So let's unpack it. The Lord was intentional about every single word he used here. And again, the entire verse is an answer to Thomas's question. How can we know the way? Thus, The way, the way is the principal theme of the verse. So you can kind of think of this. Put the way up on top. That's what we're talking about. The way forward, the way to life, the way to have eternal life. Then, truth and life underneath play a supporting role. In other words, Jesus is the way to God because he is the truth and the life of God. It's really important that we understand this. So what does it mean that he is the truth of God and the life of God? Let's start with the truth of God. It's because he is the ultimate revelation 
of God. Remember back in chapter 1, when John was explaining to us about this amazing person? He said, no one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Jesus is at the Father's side. He is the perfect revelation of God. And so he has the right to make this claim. I am truth. I come from God. I know God. I am God. And then he says he is the life of God. And we see this now in 1 John, same author, different book. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. He doesn't say he's the way to eternal life. He says he is eternal life. So Jesus makes this outrageous claim. Thomas, I am the way. You just follow me. And I'm the truth of God and the life of God. And this is so important that we apply this truth because this is how we have abundant life. This is how we have eternal life. This is the way home. When we're struggling and confused, and we all, I think, struggle and are confused at times. And there are times in my life when I can't see clearly forward. It, it, the road just seems too hard, or I can't even see the road. I don't understand why I can't find the road. I don't know why it's dark. I don't know why it's foggy. I don't know why it's raining in my life. But what I can depend on is that when I pray, the way, the road will always be there for me. And I don't have to see out farther. I just have to see Jesus. And if I can't see the rest of the road, that's okay. Because Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life of God. And having this clarity, having your roadmap, your Waze app set to the right address, it's vitally important because this is the only way you're going to get saved. It's the only way you're going to have satisfaction. And so knowing the way home satisfies and saves. This is the road to satisfaction and salvation. When we get on this road, we're never, ever again going to hunger for something more. Jesus is that something. Now, will we, will we struggle at times? Yes. Will we hurt? Yes. Will there be pain? Will there be temptation? Will we sin? Yes. But will there ever be something more than we have in Jesus? Absolutely not. He satisfies the hunger of the human soul because he is meant to be the answer to our struggles. He is the way. John Calvin really nailed this when he talked about how precious Jesus is. He said the statement, and this is referring to the I am statement, amounts to this, that whoever obtains Christ is ill want of nothing, and therefore that whoever is not satisfied with Christ alone strives after something beyond absolute perfection. What he's saying is, if we obtain Christ, we'll want nothing. It's like Psalm 23, I shall not want. You'll want for nothing. And if you want to go ahead and chase something more than Jesus then you're chasing something that's beyond absolute perfection. Jesus is all we need. 
He's all we desire. And so the road leads to satisfaction and salvation. And Jesus here is trying to comfort the disciples. And so he's trying to comfort us. And and here's what he said in another passage in John, John 14. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So look at this, this, this word world here is cosmos, or you could just say cosmos. It's, it's the cosmos. It's, what it means is the, the attention of the world, the things of the world, the ungodly world system. So Jesus is saying, I give you peace that the world can't give you. This system that you're living in, that you're so attuned to, the matrix, Nobody's ever seen that movie except for me. You have been baked into this system, but there's something more. You're not of this anymore. When you become a believer in Jesus Christ, you're not of this system anymore because you don't need it anymore. You have Jesus. And Paul said it in Galatians 4.16. He said, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of Jesus Christ. And, And Paul said by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And what he's saying is, when I follow Jesus, I I have laid down the world. It was crucified. It is no longer my thing. I follow the cross. I follow Jesus. That's the road. And Paul knew the road, and he wants us to go on the road too. Because when you go on the long road, wrong road, you're going to hit dead ends, and you're going to get discouraged, and you're going to fall away, and that's a dangerous proposition. Because we're talking about life and death. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other road. I want to emphasize that again. I know that I'm probably preaching to the choir. There is no other road. Islam's not the road. Mormonism's not the road. Jehovah's Witnesses aren't the road. Tolerance isn't the road. Jesus is the road to eternal life, period. And that's the claim he's making. That's why Jesus is so controversial. You bigots, you, you, you close-minded people. Yep, not bigots, but we're close-minded. Because this is truth that we're reading right here. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is truth, he is life, he satisfies and saves. So it's vitally important that you set your GPS on the right address. And so I want to just take a minute here and see why this is so important. The first thing I would say is this. Finding the right way home is about life and death. And so please don't take this lightly. Please don't just shuffle it aside and go like, wow, he needs to hurry up. I got, you know, I got the thing in the oven. I got to do the barbecue. No. Just, just give it 10 more minutes of your thought process because we're talking about death and life here. And, and here's... Here's what Mark said. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So if you're on the road, you're saved. If you don't believe, you're condemned. And that word condemned is a very strong biblical word that means once you've been condemned, you are punished justly for your sin. And that means death. That means eternal death and conscious torment. It's a big deal. Finding the right road is really, really important. And, and the thing is, is, the reason people often don't find the right road is because they don't understand the sin problem that we have. Many are not acquainted with sin. 
And the gospel has to include the problem. The problem is sin. We were born with it. We struggle with it. It has tainted the human heart. And it has separated us from God. So what the road does, what Jesus does, is he's able to cut through the sin problem because he has already died on the cross for sin. He's risen again to defeat death. And now he offers us a road through just believing in him. That penalty's been paid. But it all comes down to dealing with the sin problem. And what the gospel is, is Jesus has freed us from sin. He's justified us. He's made us right for those who believe in him. So I'm asking you this morning to consider being on that road. Got to deal with the sin problem. And the beauty of the gospel, the wonderful thing about Jesus, is that the sin problem has been, as Paul said, crucified. It's a matter of life and death. And the gospel is important. The second thing I would say about this that you need to really tune into is finding the right way home means my direction is sure. Once your GPS is set, once your Waze app is on, or if you use Google Maps, or if you still use an old-fashioned map, I would encourage you, please go to a GPS. Once that's set to the right address, you can go to where you're going and you don't have to worry. You don't have to notice all the stuff on the side of the road. You get to where you're going. You can live, when you're on the road with Jesus, you can, you can live with an eternal perspective that will change your whole life. It'll change everything that you see. And you'll begin to decipher between temporal and eternal what's important and what's not important. And so even when we run into pain in life and discouragement and hopelessness, we can go to the road and we say, Jesus, I need you. And he'll help put it in perspective. And he'll say, this is just light momentary affliction, Paul said. And then waiting for us is the weight of eternal glory. And I love that Paul said that because Paul was getting beaten and people were getting burned at the stake. And he's saying, this is just light momentary affliction compared to what's waiting for us. That's what happens when you're following Jesus. John Piper in a recent tweet, I loved it. He tweets a lot. I think he's in a cave somewhere tweeting all the time. But I haven't found that cave yet. But this is really a good tweet. Life is hard. God is good. Glory is coming. Therefore, stand firm in his grace. Man, so true. You know, when I've run up in things in my life that I've that I really struggled with, where my faith is challenged, where my prayer time becomes one of absolute faith and not feeling. When I come to Jesus because I know it to be the truth and I believe it to be the truth, but I don't feel it, this is when he does his best ministry in me. Because it's pure faith. And so, through some of the dark moments in my life, there's a a song that I've listened to over and over again. Fernando Ortega recorded it first, and I think Danny Gokey did a, did a repeat of it lately, but it's just a very simple song, Give Me Jesus. And the words of the chorus are so simple, but so beautiful and so profound. Give me Jesus. Oh, give me Jesus. You can have all this world. Just give me Jesus. Listen, this, this I am statement is 
not to be just taken for granted or brushed aside because Jesus is saying amazing things through this I am statement. And by getting on this road, you can have life. And so what I want you to do is I want you to just take a moment to, to contemplate and meditate. And there's some questions maybe you could ask yourself. You can just bow your head right where you are. The first thing I would ask you is, are you on the road? Have you crucified your sin problem in Christ? Have you invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Or are you still driving around looking for roads that are leading nowhere in your life? And if you are a believer, are you, are, are you wandering? Are you looking for better roads? Maybe now is the time to say, Jesus, I want to get back on track. I want to be with you and you only. And then some of you this morning are hurting inside. And you have burdens and you have pain and you're, the road ahead isn't clear. And so I just want to encourage you to ask in this next minute, the Lord to visit you, speak to you, and to help you understand that he is right there, that he's never left, and that the road is available to you. Just take a moment and let God speak to you, and then I'll pray. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.